0: What's up and welcome to groundbreaking a friendly original podcast bringing you the young creatives redefining what it means to create and introducing you to tomorrow's leaders today. I'm Jake Brewer. Let's get started. so excited to share today's episode because you are meeting Elliot Lee. Elliot is an LA-based freelance director who has worked with some of the latest viral sensations to turn their musical vision into a visual medium. It's a process unlike any other, and today Elliot and I are discussing the route he took to direct for Ty Verdez, Jordan Smith, David Hugo, and many more, as well as aligning your vision into someone else's and how to manage yourself professionally as a young creator. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Groundbreaking. I am absolutely thrilled that you're once again here with us, and I'm really excited for our episode today because if you've been listening to the show for some time, you know that the episodes where I get to catch up with an old friend or something or bring one of my friends to you is such an exciting moment for me. But truthfully, some of the episodes that I really, really enjoy are the ones where I get to meet somebody totally new where I know nothing about the industry or at least enough to just embarrass myself a little bit. These conversations are so just personally fulfilling for me and that is the episode we have for you today. I am joined by somebody who is so insanely talented, is going to have such a good insight for I think various like industries because the industry we're going to talk about today I think is an intersection of so many different skills and such. And so I think we just need to jump right into this. On today, I have a music video director extraordinaire and just the definition of what I would call a creative person. So, Elliot Lee, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Hey, thanks for having me. I'm super excited to, to be here. When you hit me up, I was like, "I'm." This is my third, po- first podcast ever, too. Like being interviewed no way. in this kind of like circumstance, but so I'm super excited. Thankful for you. Um, thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, well,
0: I I'm really excited then cuz now nobody knows this story and I know just in the few minutes that we are talking before we hit record here you very much choose that this is this is a story that you really want to tell and I think it's so interesting and I'm going to drop so many cheesy lines. So I just hope you're ready for this. Of like, <laughs> For somebody who tells other people's stories, mm-hmm. like it's, I'm excited to hear like what your story itself is. I have so many questions for you, but let's just start here. Like what, what are you doing? Like right now, give people, don't, don't worry. I'm not asking for an elevator pitch. Cause that sends both, <laughs> sh- like shivers down <laughs> both of our spines. So we yeah. don't have to do that. But, um, like let people like know, like what's, What's going on? What's the history? What's the background? I'm not going to cut you off. You just give us everything.
1: Yeah, for sure. So uh, first off, my name is Elliot Lee. I'm a music video director based out in Los Angeles. And it's funny how like my story with like how I got into music videos and everything. It's very interesting. So um, I remember in it goes back to high school, my senior year, um, our film program wasn't really anything special it was this kind of cringy morning news show that's where all the advanced film kids were in and so I didn't want to do that just because like the stuff that they were putting out was kind of like cringy and like whack a little bit in my opinion um so I went the route of like yearbook so I was in yearbook my senior year I was in charge of like video and stuff just because I remember that one year there was like this app that came out where you can scan a photo in the yearbook and like a video will play on your phone on the app. And so this was like their first time like dabbling into the video world. And so I was like kind of put on that just because like the teacher and the, uh, the EICs and everyone kind of knew that I was interested in video. Um, and that's like pretty much my extent and my background with like how I got into filmmaking. It's not anything crazy like I watched, you know – like a classic, like with my parents. And I was like, oh, this is what I want to do. It was just something that I kind of like fell into. I remember I got my first camera because I promised my dad that when my older cousin got married, I would make him a wedding video. And I was like, if you buy me this camera, that will be our wedding present. I was like, what, 16 at the time? It's like, obviously... Like, I wasn't, you know what I mean? So, like, the video was going to be good, but I think it was just my dad was, like, reading the room and was just, like, he just really wants a camera and kind of wants to get into this. Um, Before, I was, like, a music kid. I played trumpet throughout high school. So, I've always been involved in the arts um, in some way, shape, or form. But kind of, like, this video thing is still somewhat new just because I kind of really... You know, went with it my senior year. I applied to film schools, but I also applied to schools for, like, economics. And so it's just very two different wow. things. Wow, okay, okay. And I remember, <laughs> I, I, I've been super lucky. I'm super lucky to have very supportive parents. Because I remember my mom sat me down when I was, like, you know, choosing these colleges that I got into. And she said, like, hey, like, go to film school. You've never had, like, an actual film like education and stuff like that. Cause you didn't take it in high school. Um, you didn't go to like film camps in LA, like for all that stuff. So just go for it. If you like it, then you can just write it out. But if you don't, then you can always transfer for economics or something else. Right. Yeah. And so I went there and it was funny. I went to Emerson college in Boston and it was not my first choice. It's just, they gave me some scholarships and it was ranked high in um the Hollywood reporter top 25 film school so i was like oh why not let me just go there like at least i'm not going to some like nobody's school with like a film studies program or anything like that that was another thing that attracted me to emerson, is that they had a production like it was a production major and so i really wanted to be making stuff rather than learning about like learning about like the the history of film and all that kind of stuff and so it's funny because i never wanted to go to emerson it was just like the thing that kind of popped up and so every single year I tried to transfer out. And so like I went to Emerson and then I tried to transfer out to USC and Chapman and then didn't get in to any of those as a transfer. And then my sophomore year, I was like, all right, this is my year. And so I applied to Chapman and USC again. So I got on the wait list for Chapman and I got a bunch of like interviews. And do you remember those like websites, those forums that you would go on to being like, I got the second interview, what does that mean? And it'd be a bunch of kids from that school and they would be like, oh, that means you're getting in. So I got the second interview and I like put it up on, I forgot what the form was called, but it was like the biggest one that everyone used. And all of the responses were like, if you got a second interview, that means you're like, you're in. And so I remember like saying bye to all my friends in Boston, being like, yo, like, thanks for riding with me. I'm gonna see you guys, you know, maybe never (laughs) like peace out. I go home. I get the rejection letter. I'm like, yo, what
0: up? You were already what? home.
1: Yeah, so like I went home for the summer.
0: <laughs> oh god. And you. then
1: yeah, and then I got the uh, I got the rejection letter, and it's funny because I came back in the fall, and I was like, what up? And Everyone's like, yo, I thought yeah. you got the Chapman, and I was like, I actually didn't. And so it was like this weird dynamic between me and school, like my first two years at Emerson, just because I was always in the mindset of like I'm not gonna be here in a year, and so. Like that kind of got me into like not wanting to make social connections and being like, what's the point of like making these like friendships if I'm going to leave? And so my first yeah. two years was kind of like low key miserable. And like, I didn't really like go out on sets. I didn't really like go meet people and stuff like that. I was just like in my room working on college apps as a sophomore in college, you know? And so it was kind of mm-hmm. whack. And then when I got back junior year, I was like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm just going to go with it, you know? Um, I'm going to be here for the next two years. Might as well make the most of it. And that's when I really started to enjoy Emerson. That's when I really started to enjoy like the city of Boston. Um, just because obviously I was being more like active and like going out and like finding and exploring things that like the city had to offer, you know, and I made these friends that I started working with and then, um, yeah, but all throughout, like throughout college, Emerson's very geared towards Hollywood like making the next big budget, big studio movie, you know? It's mm-hmm. so like, you hear stories of Damien Giselle, La Land, Whiplash. Like he wrote that at, when he was going to Harvard and the music composer that he works with is was his like freshman year roommate, I believe. And so you hear like these stories of people that are like in close proximity to you, like Harvard Emerson is very close. And you're like thinking like, oh, I can do that. And so yeah. like, I was like always in this like mind of I'm going to go into Hollywood one way or another. And this was something that I would always joke about with my friends, but everyone that goes to Emerson wants to direct. Everyone is a director. And I was like, I'm going to be different. I'm going to go into cinematography. And so I took like advanced cinematography classes, learned absolutely nothing just because I realized that's not what I wanted to do. um, And that I did want to direct. And so um, my senior year came through. I made my thesis project with, um a couple of my friends it was called the sweet escape it's a 15 minute heist narrative and i remember a lot of like at the time too a lot of emerson kids they make very like art house very like moody dark tones like that type of stuff for their films and i was like like that's not me that's not who i am like i just want to have fun with like my friends it's gonna be the last project i make um at emerson i get to like crowd fund it and all that kind of stuff like put out merch and like all, like the whole the whole nine yards you know and it's just like i remember we made this thing we went up to new hampshire we were there for a weekend we shot with um it's like equipment that i've always wanted to, i'm like a huge gearhead as well i grew up watching like <laughs> casey neistat on youtube and they always talked about gear and all that kind of stuff and so i was like a big gearhead and so like the fact that we got to use like the cinema camera i was like so excited for and i was like what yeah
0: 21 yeah.
1: at the time and it was, it's just so funny like in retrospect now just because it's like the stuff that i'm doing i'm like super proud of super stoked about and just like even just like talking to you about it right now just like thinking about it and revisiting the past i was like dude i was so excited for like the little things too and that's something yeah. i hope i never lose out on you know but made sweet escape met some of the people that i still work to uh work with to this day um like names that come up by my friend, my good friend, Matt Bastos. He's a DP cinematographer. I work with him on almost everything. And then another guy, uh, his name is Gabriel Arujo. He's my roommate now, but he helps me out on every single project, whether that's like me coming into his room at 1 a.m. and being like, yo, I have an idea for this music video. Like, help me flush it out. And he's like in bed being like, bro, get out. But like, he usually helps me out, get him on sets and just like, it's it's nice because also having that person that's also in kind of like the same situation as you because you're like, rising together, you know, you're navigating through the industry together. We're just out of college and all that kind of stuff. So I'm super grateful for them and just for everyone else that I worked on set with for my thesis project. Just because like I met a lot of people that I didn't think I would ever be friends with just because I never associated myself with them in college. We were just in different crowds and all that kind of stuff. But they're like solid homies, lifelong friends, lifelong collaborators, and I'm super grateful for that experience. But it was funny because like that was like a 15 minute narrative thing. Um, I remember I was driving a U-Haul up to New Hampshire with my producer. I looked at her and I was like, I don't know if I want to do like narrative stuff like this, like longer, short, like longer form content and stuff. And she's like, we're about to just, we're about to make your thesis project. Like, why are you telling me you <laughs> don't like, want to do this? now's not the time. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah, I just feel like I've been working on this for so long and kind of like my mind was super into it. And then I jumped on to the next thing. And so she was just like, oh, like, honestly, like, look at into look into other, like, form of, like, stuff. Like, commercials, music videos, like, shorter form stuff. And that's kind of, like, my first introduction with, like, that world. Just because, you know, I watched music videos growing up. You watch commercials every, like, every day of your life, you know. And so, like, I just never really thought of it as, like, this career path. Because I just thought mm-hmm. people made it for fun. Cause yeah you look on YouTube and it's so saturated with music videos, like ranging from 50 million views down to like 500 views, you know? So it was like, I, I thought like everyone was making music videos. And so I didn't think it was like an actual feasible career choice. And so like when she told me that I was like, haha, yeah, I'm going to make the next corporate like commercial thing or whatever, like as a joke. And she's like, whatever. So fast forward, um, Emerson has this LA program and, um, it basically it's like a study abroad program. It just gives opportunity for students to move out to LA, live in Hollywood. Um, a part of the part of the program, you have to get an internship and everything like that. And so I got super lucky that I landed like a solid internship. I worked at Partisan Entertainment, and they're huge in like the commercial world, the music video world. They do narratives as well, longer form stuff. But they're a very well respected um, production company in the industry. I didn't know that going into it my mind was like I need an internship or else like I'm gonna have to like get more credits like take a load more classes in and so I was like I need to get this internship and so I applied to some random one and I just got super lucky that it was partisan and I worked in the commercial department there because that's when I started to dabble more into like oh like commercials might be cool shorter form stuff mm-hmm. um because I remember like watching Super Bowl commercials and like you know those like Budweiser commercials where it's like there was like a horse and a dog in it, yeah. And like that's you're where my following this and you say, beautiful, yeah. like narrative, like super well shot, and then all of a sudden it's just like this Budweiser commercial. I was like, oh, if those can be commercials, like I can still, you know, turn my creative narrative wheels, but also put it into a shorter form thing. Mm-hmm. And then oh, this also reminds me with like music videos and stuff. Like the reason why I was so like not drawn to it is because I did like two music videos during my time at Emerson and it was a lot of just like it was just me with the camera filming the artist and the artist being like this is what I want this is what I want it was just me kind of like being with them and like filming them and editing and doing all the work for them and that's the thing that I love about film the most is the collaboration aspect of it I love working with people I love you know, hashing out ideas, chopping it up with people like in, in the field is me. And just like, you know, that collaboration, collaborative nature, especially in like arts, I feel like film is one of the most, if not the most collaborative form of art. And that's something that really drew me into like the art form and the industry and everything like that. And so when I thought that music videos was just one person doing everything for another person and just being told what to do. I was like, oh, I don't want to, I don't really like, like mess with that, like stuff. I don't really like vibe with that. And so I was like super drawn away from music videos. And then fast forward to, to my time at Partisan. I was in the working in the commercial department um, and my supervisor, her name is Jen. God bless Jennifer Landy. She was the best <laughs> supervisor. Also one cool thing about Partisan is they're super young. And so I was 21 at the time when I got in, 21, 22 at the time uh, when I got in and my supervisors were like 25, 26. So it wasn't like to the point where I was intimidated by like a 40-year-old executive or a 50-year-old executive telling me what to do. It was just more like my supervisor was like almost like, like in my same grade in that same like age range. And, like, I consider Jen as, like, a sister to me now. It's it's just, like, it just worked out that way. We got super close. She hooked it up, and she let me read a bunch of treatments. I didn't know what a treatment was. Apparently, that's the most important thing that a director can do, other than, like, actually directing the video. Like, writing treatments, I I didn't know what that was. I have no idea what that is. Yeah. So, it's basically, like, this, um, just, like, a rundown for, for you and, like, the listeners and all this stuff. Like, the treatment is one of the most important things because when you pitch to clients or you show clients that you want to work with, you show them exactly what the video is going to look like. So if they're pouring money into it, at least they want to go in with the confidence that, oh, we like this idea. We like what what you draw, uh, like drew out for us, all that kind of stuff. So it's just like this visual packet with like a loose rundown of like, this is the stuff that I want to hit in this project. These are the themes. These are the tones. Here's a bunch of reference images so that you know exactly what the video is going to look like. And so that's like a treatment packet. And that's what directors spend so much time writing and like pitching in hopes that the client will like their treatment and uh, select it, and get awarded. And so I didn't know what that was. That word treatment was thrown around at Emerson. Like I remember my thesis project or my thesis class, they were like, oh, submit a treatment. And I was like, so like a lookbook or is it like I need to run down everything about this film? And so I remember like treatment was so like, mysterious. The word treatment was so mysterious in my mind. I didn't know what it was. And finally, like I get to partisan and like my supervisor, like just lets me read and she like teaches me what they are. And like all of like this, like mysteriousness around it was just like gone. And I was like, Oh, that makes sense. That's what it was. And so she let me read like treatments for, obviously I signed an NDA, so I wasn't allowed to like send it anywhere else, but yeah, she let me read treatments for like huge, huge clients and like these big directors that are represented by partisan and just like how their thought process kind of translated onto the page. And then she showed me the final version of it and just seeing like how the treatment came to life was super interesting. And that's when I got hooked because it's like there were some slow days, but I would never just be like chilling around on my phone. I found myself like reading treatments like any mm. second that I could when I wasn't working um, for something that Jen needed or the executive producer needed or whatever like all the downtime I had, I was reading treatments and I was like absorbing, I was like low key, like obsessed with it. And so from there I started writing my treatments of my own. um, And just like, just putting everything together and just like practicing writing for like random songs, right. Songs that I know I would never be able to land at this point in my career. Like I, I wrote a treatment for a Claro song for, (laughs) for softly. Um, and just like things like that, just like practicing, just like getting to vibe with it, just because I realized if I wanted to go into this industry, like that's that's a skill set that I'm going to need to have. And so it was funny, like everything came full circle because um, back in your book, my senior year of high school, we used a program called InDesign. And that's what a lot of treatment writers and treatment designers use. And I was like, oh, I like have experience with that. And so like, it just came full circle. And I'm like, that's so funny. Like, I'm glad I took your book. So like, I know how to use this program a little bit to like design my treatments on my own and stuff like that. But, um, yeah. And so like, that's like, kind of like what I did to prepare and get into the industry. It was just kind of like, I was thrown into it. I just followed like what I liked and what I wanted to kind of do. Like I, I knew sort of what I wanted to do. Didn't want to do long form, wanted to do short form from there, I found out about commercials and music videos through word of mouth. And, um, yeah, that's how I'm, like, here now, I guess. I just kind of <laughs> threw myself into it. And um, it's funny because, like, the, the reason why I got into music videos is because I have this really good friend. Her name is Bianca. Um, she works at Capitol Records. She's the same age as me. We're in the same class. She graduated a semester earlier. But she, like, I owe her everything to her like in a way as funny as it sounds but she's the one that like introduced me to all these like musicians and artists and managers and stuff like that she really opened the gate for me and like the crazy like dude bianca and i have like this crazy story of how we know each other so my freshman year at emerson there was this thing called 48 hour film festival and it's like at the time i think you needed like five people in a group but i had one person that i knew i wanted to be in a group with and i was just like throw me in some random group And so they threw me into this random group and Bianca was a part of it. The 48 hour film that we made was complete ass. It's dumpster fire. (laughs) It's so bad. And it's so cringy to watch on it, watch back on it. But that's how I got introduced to Bianca. It's just by like chance, you know, like randomly. And then we never really like talked. We were in different crowds as well. And then like senior year, we like linked back. um, And she like introduced me to all these like music managers artists and like gave me all these opportunities. And I shot something for this artist named St. Bodhi who's under Def Jam. That was like kind of my first label experience too. And like yeah. none of that would have happened without Bianca. And so like super grateful for her, super grateful for the the friendship and the work relationship that we have. Just wanted to shout out her real quick. Um, but yeah, like I found myself kind of like being thrown into this music world so quickly and it got to a point where I was like, yeah, I like watching music videos. I like creating stuff. It's like, this makes sense. And now I have like the connections and the, like, the industry people that I know. And so it just makes sense. And so I was like, decided just a- like after graduation, I'm just going to go full into it. And um, yeah. my executive producer at Partisan, uh, she was like, I told her I wanted to eventually end up in commercial direction. And she was like, the best advice I have for you is never stop making stuff find artists find friends that make music just make music videos for them find like a family friend that owns a business and create like an ad spot for them she's just that whatever you do just always keep working and just like getting your chops up um because film really especially directing i think it is an experience thing it's like the more experience you have the better you can like really hone down your skills and everything like that and um yeah i like took that ran with it did a spot right out of college the month after for one of my cousins who owns this like wings place, like out in Rancho Cucamonga, like the middle of nowhere, California. And I was like, Hey, like, do you need a commercial for, for your, for your restaurant? And he was like, yeah, sure. And then he, I, am sure he thought I was just going to come with a camera and just like shoot some stuff. Cause he just wanted some yeah. like, just like that cookie cut template. Like here are the workers working. This is the food. No, I wrote a treatment for it. I was like, "This is my idea. This is how I'm going to execute it." And so he was just like, "Like, dude, you're doing so much work." And I'm like, "I'm practicing right now, to be honest." And so, like, little stuff like that um, happened. And yeah, I really ran with Lisa's advice, just being like, "I'm going to just keep making stuff um, till I just get better at it, till people start recognizing my work." And then I guess, like, fast forward a couple months later. Um, My first big thing was um, a music video called Stuck in the Middle for an artist named Ty Verdes, And Ty is a super dope dude. He blew up on TikTok. And um, it's funny, like, because we kind of grew at the same time in a way, but then he just, like, exponentially grew. But I remember I found his stuff on TikTok, and I was like, yo, this guy's music is super sick. And so I, like, DM'd him out of nowhere, um, shot in the dark. And I was like, hey man, love your song. Like, let's work together. And so he like saw the message, looked back on my Instagram and kind of like liked the work that I was putting out. And so he hit me back. He was like, Oh, you want to make some Instagram videos? And I was like, today? And he's like, Yeah, today. I was like, All right, bet. Like I found you on TikTok like two days ago. Now like yeah. he's picking me up. We're shooting downtown just like Instagram promo stuff. And he was like Well, he had like 30,000 on uh, Instagram. Like people listened to his stuff like back then. He like completely rebranded himself. And so he was like basically starting brand new as well. And so we were making like these um, Instagram promo videos for him. Um, The song Stuck in the Middle like just came out probably like a a month before I started talking to him. It wasn't like it didn't go viral immediately, you know. And so I was like talking to him. I was like, yo, you want to make a video for Stuck in the Middle? And he's like, ah, oh, I don't know. Like, it's not really taking off. If anything, I want to spend, like, $200 on it. Maybe just get you what you need um, mm-hmm. so that we can just make this video for the low. And I was, like, super down with it, right? Because it's, like, this super yeah. dope artist. I saw a lot of potential in the sound. And I was like, $200, I'll run with that. We'll, we'll make it happen no matter what. And then he was just like, ah, but I have this another song coming out. If you wanted to, like, take a listen and kind of pitch on that. So I wrote this, like, whole treatment thing for his other song. That's not released yet. And Stuck in the Middle started blowing up viral. Like it it started like taking off. And he was just like, yo, I'm gonna need a video for Stuck in the Middle. And at that point, we were working for like maybe three weeks to close to a month at that point. And we we were like hanging out. We made a bunch of like videos for his Instagram, his TikTok, his YouTube. And he was like, You wanna you wanna pitch on it? And I was like, Hell yeah, I do. Like that's that's why I hit you up in the first place. And so like I was like super excited with it ran uh super excited for it ran with it and i remember it was so funny because like he was like i'm going to put you in contact with my manager and at the time i didn't know who he was just know he had a, like a tiktok that kind of went off and i was like dude i like what if his manager's like his cousin or something and so when when i when i pitched the treatment he's like i'm going to ha- i'm going to put you in contact with my manager and i was like dude it's going to be a cousin or something and i get an email from his manager and he goes hey read the treatment loved it I'm gonna. I'm gonna have my secretary set up a meeting with all of us. And I'm like, secretary. Whoa. I'm like, what? Yeah. I'm like, yo. I graduated two months. I'm working with secretary now, like setting up my meetings for <laughs> all that stuff. And then met met the whole team. We hit it off super well. Stuck in the middle happened. Bianca produced it, um, and then that kind of like really started my career in a way. Just because it's at two two point like three million views at this point. Which, which is sick for me, right? I'm some like random dude out of Los Angeles, California, yeah. with a song that has 30, 35 million plays on Spotify, two million on the video. This guy is like YouTube artist of the week. He's interviewed by Genius, and I I, I know him. I made his first video, like this super sick for me. But from there, like other artists that watched the video hit me up, and so like a month ago, um, a video called. Uh, like this artist hit me up, his name is Jordan Smith. And he was like, yo, love what you do with Stuck in the Middle. I've been saving up for a video. I think you're the right person for it. Let's work. And so did the whole process again, pitch the treatment, all that kind of stuff. And like a month ago, the video came out. But it's like, um, yeah, so like artists started hitting me up about making their projects. And I was like, dude, this is sick. <laughs> like, I think I can actually do it, you know? And then with, like, Thai stuff, it got featured on Nylon Mag, One's the Watch, and all these, like, music blogs. And I was like, yo, my yeah. name and my work is on these, like, publications that I read growing up and stuff like that. I was like, this is sick. And, yeah, artists started hitting me up. And, like, that's when I kind of knew, like, I think I can do it. I think I can, like, actually, like, ride with this and, and like, make this into a career, right? Like, use this as, like, a good stepping block for, for commercial work in the future. And so... Yeah, dude. I just went with that, and it's like in twenty twenty. I worked on eight projects. I think since July, I've directed eight. Um, I, I made this thing called Willow for one of my really good friends that go to Berkeley. Um, they're the Q Tip Bandits. It was like this very Moonrise Kingdom esque, like very fun, very like child wonder, like imagination type video. Super, super dope, and love working with them. And then we um made another video for one of their songs that are coming out in their album stuff like that uh the, more people on tiktok dude tiktok has been actually the plug for artists for me personally yeah like you like the algorithm you're preaching
0: to the choir here yeah yeah the it's algorithm in, is it's so insane
1: good and so like i started seeing all these like underground artists that were popping off and i met this dude named jay uh Jayden, and like he had a song that almost hit a like it hit a million on Spotify. But when I found him, it was about to. I was like, "Yo, let me make your music video." This guy named David Hugo popped off, and so it's funny because like now Bianca and I joke about. She was like, "Yo, you should be an A and R. You're really gonna finding talent that like pops off." And I was like, ah, yeah. "That's funny," but yeah, like, and just like the friendships that I made with these artists, you know, it's never like a it's never like a thing where I make their stuff and then never speak to them again. So far, yeah. I've been like, like I made friends you know that are killing in the industry and so it's super cool to see them grow as well and so yeah dude tiktok tiktok man that's that's where you dude it sucks because i wanted to start like promoting my tiktoks or my my films on tiktok because i know there's like a very niche like film community on tiktok and so i kind of wanted to like post my stuff there but like there there's this one tiktok i made where i saw this girl at the airport and i was like dude who is she like help me find her and that kind of went like off, like not viral, but it got like 20,000 views. And then like now everyone only cares about that. So I tried posting like, Hey, here's a music video. I did. And then comments were like, yeah. did you ever find that girl from the airport? I'm like, yo, no one cares about <laughs> the music videos. Yo, they just want to find out about this girl. Yeah. And so that's why I'm posting on TikTok with like my film stuff, which is kind of stupid. Cause it's like, it doesn't matter. Just post whatever I want to post. But I've just been super focused on like, you know, getting, making relationships with artists, industry connects and kind of like working on all this stuff. And so, but yeah, dude, TikTok has actually just opened so many doors for me.
0: You are, you're preaching to the choir, my friend. Like I, I own an artist management company. Like I know, yeah, I know the value yeah. of tic. every single pitch we ever do. And with like the current people we work with is you have to invest in TikTok. And it's always the eye roll of like, oh yeah. God, like it is so much work, but like, it is. It's, and I've said this before on various things of like, it is the thing that challenges every single thing we know about the music industry. Oh, 100%. Like it, it can be overnight now.
1: No, yeah. honestly, like TikTok. It's funny because you know how there's like the double XL freshman class. Like people are describing these artists on TikTok that have, that blow up at the same time. Like Ty is also in like the class with like Claire Rosencrans, Dempsey yep. Hope, like all these people who were like. Nobody's before tiktok in a way i mean not nobody's. that's like harsh but like they made music like they didn't have like a big audience claire rosenkrantz has like what like 50 million streams on her song backyard boy and just like all these people are blowing up on tiktok and it's like they low-key need to start like a label of some sort or some sort of distribution deal or something like that because i feel like they can like really capitalize on like musicians yeah. and artists and stuff like that
0: Well, it's and it's like even the, if you think back like the top songs of 2020, it's the it's the songs that found their footing on that (laughs) platform, which is and I even had the conversation with somebody the other day of like people are now making music for TikTok because they want it to cater to the environment of the people that are creating the videos because what's crazy now is you don't even have to do work like some of the TikTok strategy is just to get other people to do this one thing to your song. Yeah, exactly, exactly and then it blows
1: up. Yeah, dude. It's, it's crazy. Insane. It's insane. It really is crazy. And I feel like I was joking about it with my friends. There's a guy named, do, do you know who Cole Bennett is? He's like a director. He owns Lyrical Lemonade, but he does a I do bunch know. Yeah, of, I know of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he does a bunch of artists, like every single artist that I grew up listening to, like he's done a video for. And so I was like mm-hmm. joking with my friends when I started getting into music video. I was like, yo, I want to be the Cole Bennett of TikTok artists. Like I wanna be the one that directs every video for like these new artists that find their footing on TikTok. And like yeah. obviously like I've I'm, I'm not there yet, you know, but to start off, Ty, David, Hugo, Jay, they all had songs that blew up on TikTok. I'm like, that's a pretty good repertoire. Three videos from like artists that yeah. blew up in 2020. And it's like they're absolutely killing it. Super excited to see what every like I said, like I'm friends with them too now. And it's like Now it's just not me like a director trying to like land a job with them. Like it's just me as like a homie, like wanting to see them succeed now. And so it's like super sick and it's just like, that's like another thing I love about the music video industry, right? It's like music and film kind of like morphing into each other, right? And so like I have relationships with these artists and the music management, all that kind of side. And I get to collaborate with them and kind of bring them into my world. And, like, kind of, like, show them around, like, this film world and stuff like that. And just, like, this whole big collaboration of different, like, industries coming together. Like, that's that's what I really, really like about the music video industry. And just also, like, the fact that I can be super wacky in my ideas. Like, I don't need to really yeah. hold back. Like, you see, like, all these crazy music videos that always get, like, high praise. And it's just, like... It, you're right. It's, it's the
0: form where, like, there is nothing that is too crazy of an idea. Because exactly. it's something that, like... I don't know. I think it's like crazy. Like, like a musician translate a thought into like sound, but like the music video then is sound into something visual, which ultimately means then a thought to something like visual. Like there is no other like craft that you can compare like a translation like that to.
1: Yeah, for sure. No, it's super, super dope. And like, just even thinking about it, cause I always think about it. I never talk about it. I think like my fascination with music video industry. So like when I, when I just said it out loud just now, like my mind, like just blown just out just thinking about how like it's <laughs> so it's crazy
0: well it's like and it's like a point you made earlier of like it seems like everybody's making music videos now because the barrier to entry is yeah so low and it's like it's not even like you need like an insane budget or an insane like team like you very much can be like if you just like focus on this right and the huge like i've well i have so many follow-up questions for you but (laughs) (laughs) i think like the biggest like follow-up question i have is like is the like artist like director like relationship and it sounds like you're approaching everything correctly when you're like you approach them from like i'm like a fan of yours and i want to bring this song to life rather than like i just want to bring something to life let's make it your song
1: you know yeah yeah. there's
0: a there's a huge difference there because i mean what like obviously you have a vision for this but obviously like it means the world to like an artist and they're mm-hmm. not going to release something that isn't wholeheartedly that exact. Yeah. Business. Yeah. So I'd imagine like you make it sound like it's the best business ever, but I imagine there's like, there's probably a few bumps in the road. Like, here yeah, and there, for right? sure.
1: No, hundred percent. I'm definitely like romanticizing it just because I feel like yeah. my way to where I am now has been pretty smooth. Just because, like, also going out of college, you never expect to, like, direct, right? It's like you hear about all the time you work up from PAs. I've just been so fortunate enough to know the people that I know and to be in the position where I can go up to someone and be like, hey, I'm a director, and they'll know me as a director. And so going back to that, like, artist thing, artist-director relationship, it it is tough, but it's like most of the times you're going to get awarded because the artist really, like, like, can I curse on this? Yeah. Yes. I I appreciate appreciate the
0: ask, but go for it.
1: Yeah. Like if an artist really like fucks with your idea, essentially um, like that's when you'll get awarded, you know? And so it's kind of like you build trust as well. And I think communication is the biggest thing, right? There there's some artists that really, they don't care what they're, like there are some people that don't care about what their videos look like, but there are a lot of like the artists that I've worked with, they really do care. And I think that's super dope, you know, because it is, much as it's my video, like that I'm helping to bring to light, it is their end product, you know? And so it only helps them in their artistry and their arc and their artistry and all that kind of stuff. So I really like going back and forth. I love talking to people about ideas and how to bring an idea to life, how we can make it better. Does this not work? And so there have been multiple times with Ty and like Jay and David where I like pitch something and they like the initial concept of it. And they're like, let's unravel it more. Let's see what what else we can pull out of it. And so like I love that stuff. I I would imagine that there are directors that hate it where they're just like, no, this is my vision. You're the one that hired me. I'm going to be doing it no matter what you say is obsolete. Like it's my vision. I, I, I hate people like that. It's just like, it's so unnecessary, you know, it's just like, hear them out. You know, they're the ones that are hiring you. It's just the least you can do is hear them out. You know, it's like, yeah. So that's the thing too. And I think that's helped me become friends with a lot of these artists because it's like from working together, we grow like this person. We start like understanding like how we talk like our mannerisms like what we enjoy what we don't enjoy and you get a good feel for each other you know what i mean and so i think that's why i've like had good experiences in becoming like friends with my the artists that i've worked with but at the same time like once you reach that level of like drake rihanna the weekend it's like that those relationships aren't going to be as present because it's more going to be this business transaction being like we like their work let's bring them on we pay them we give them a budget to make it and that's it you know and so like once we get to that level but i mean i'm always someone that like i'm a very like like i love human beings and like like the connection and collaboration and stuff like that so like i i want to see myself even if i like get to that point of like this huge household director name i want i I still want to be friends with the artist like i want to be able to text them being like yo love your new song all that kind of stuff. Like I never wanted yeah. to get to a point where I get in over my head where I'm like, I don't need to follow up with you. This is a business thing. You know what I mean? Because if like, I've, if I ever get to that point, I do really want someone to be like, hey, are you doing these for like the right reasons now, right? Are you doing it just to pay the bills or are you doing it because you still enjoy it? You still like collaborating. So like the artistic nature of everything. And so, yeah, dude, that's something that I think about sometimes. It's like, I just hope I never lose grasp of like, the enjoyment and the excitement that I have for it now as like things draw on and like I get more deeper into my career. That's something I do think about a lot.
0: And that sounds like the exact mentality that a young artist who has so much on the line, and by that I mean like opportunity, whereas like to them, Mm -hmm. it's not just another like, it's not just another project or it's not another day on set. It's like, this could be the thing that defines the start of my career. And you both have that,
1: I don't want to call it
0: like risk because it isn't a risk it's an opportunity Mm -hmm. and I think that's what you really really bond over and I like that you say like of course like the TikTok and the it's like it's so fulfilling to almost be a part of that journey because there's no other feeling like that than an artist who's worked so hard and by artist I do mean singer and like director and everybody involved Mm -hmm. who has worked so hard to like even just get not even get their footing, but just some place to stand. Dude, have it's, the their, like, voice somewhere. it's the
1: best feeling when you put out something and everyone just enjoys it. That, that is honestly like it, it, I almost get a high off of it, right? Like, yeah. I'm always eager to like post stills of my new like projects and like tag people, like give credit for everyone's like crazy work, and then seeing people being like, yo, I really like this video that is the most addicting thing ever to a director and to any creative person i would imagine right you're a yeah, musician you no. put out music everyone says they love it like that is so addicting and it's like this almost this high that you that you experience at least for me but um yeah dude it's just like it's just it's just crazy i one thing that my mom always told me I thought this was only a thing that my mom, like, I thought my mom came up with this. And then like, I heard it in college again. I was like, dude, my mom's a fraud. But <laughs> no, she, she would say um, luck is when opportunity meets preparation. And mm-hmm. I think I've been so lucky in, in my journey to where I am now, where I feel like I was very prepared, where I, I put in the hours of like, you know, just reading treatments and really honing down my skills. But then really acting and jumping on these opportunities that have been like coming my way. And I feel like a lot of the luck has been like orchestrated in a way where it's like, yeah, dude, it's like, it's not really like luck where it just happened randomly. It was just years of preparation, knowing what I want and just like all that kind of stuff, just meeting this opportunity and going head on head colliding with it. And so I've I've been super fortunate to, to be able to do the things that I've done so far.
0: Absolutely. And it takes a it takes a very unique like sense of confidence because it's like something where it's where it's like you're not gonna receive any of that validation until you put it out in the world and therefore yeah. endorsing that you think it's really good.
1: And yeah, that is yeah. something
0: that's really difficult to do because especially as like a young person, it's so I've been talking about this so much lately, but like we feel like a need to like fake a confidence mm-hmm. in it, even though like like I can imagine like ev- like well, what's so cool about it, the work that you do is every single thing is like new. Nothing's really like necessarily a huge continuation mm-hmm. of like you're not continuing the storyline. You like okay, I have however many minutes to create a new storyline with new people and a whole yeah. new aesthetic. Like it's and you can't. I don't know. You can't almost get a, like a check on it, or you can't get much feedback from anybody else or outside of people who are actually working on it themselves. Mm-hmm. So it's like very. It's a. It's an incredibly nerve-wracking thing and there's equivalent sort of energies in many different industries but
1: yeah for sure
0: i think i don't know there's something about like the work and i have a huge appreciation. like i've been on music video sets i've had people film me like music videos for me and god i hope i was somebody who was easy to work with because there definitely was moments where like i wasn't and so i just know that how much work or at least actually i don't think i know how much work i know a taste of how much work goes into the work that you do like i didn't even know that much like preparation came in. Cause I thought it was just bringing an artist vision to life. Yeah.
1: but yeah. I love
0: that you get the permission to sort of create your own sort of like thing with it.
1: Yeah. I know like my, my friend Jay that, um, I've been working on a treatment for, for a little bit. I'm just going to pause. Cause the door opened. No, you're doing good, sure. good. Um, yeah. So like my friend Jay that I've been working on a pitch, uh, a treatment for him for one of his new songs. Um, He was very – he was like, Elliot, I trust you. I really like your work. I'm sure whatever you write, like, I'll be into. And so, like, obviously, like, as much as I like collaboration, I also really appreciate people that really, like, trust me and my work. Then I can go full reins with this. You know what I mean? It's like whatever stuff that I want to include that I think matches the story and, like, the the song and the tone. And it's like I just do. And it's like the artist – if they like it, they like it. If not, I'll just rewrite it or something like that, you know, but yeah. I forgot why I mentioned that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, it's
0: difficult because you're right. You're, you're just the person bringing a vision or like a thought or something to life. But one of like the coolest things, like just like, even from like an artist perspective is seeing how other people interpret your sort of work. Mm -hmm. So like, even just like, like how exciting to give somebody the reins and be like, make this something visual, like bring this story to life in a way that I wouldn't yeah. be able to.
1: And yeah, that's like yeah, almost yeah. just,
0: I'm, I guarantee like there has to be like a sort of high just off of that too.
1: Yeah, dude. It's honestly so fun, like exploring these different and just like exploring different perspectives. Right. Cause like the artist probably has like most songs, they have like this sort of narrative that they have always thought of when writing the song and it carries on with them for however long they work with the song. And so, like, having, if I were an artist, right, and I, like, told the director, like, hey, free reigns, do whatever you want. Like, I would think it's so cool to see another perspective on the song from an outsider mm-hmm. perspective. What what they feel, what they think the song can be, can turn into and stuff like that. And so I think, like, like, yeah, it's just su- it's super sick. And it, it goes back to collaboration and trust and just, like, creativeness and just, like, all that kind of stuff. And I think... Yeah, dude. Music videos. Music videos is it. Yeah, it's, it's
0: it's super. It's it's sick. I I I legit couldn't agree more because I I really don't think there's much media that really compares to the way that you approach a music video. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I often forget when we're doing these like episodes and stuff that other people are going to listen to this conversation. <laughs> so yeah. So I want to ask now, like, for the people who are going to take the time to listen today, like, you talked so much about like the value of like of networking and that's mm-hmm. and that's not going to be brand new to anybody listening like we've heard that before yeah but i think you took a really unique approach to it and just finding like like you yes there's like some external work to like actually build and grow your network but yeah. more so like realizing like what's the value in the people that are immediately around me and i think a huge thing is what i hear like the most from just a ton of people even are like jacob like how do you like like approach this, and I was like and I love that you used the example of like I just sent them a, a DM yeah, because we're yeah. both people who are just trying to get like their work off the ground so yeah. give us like insight into that like for the people who are listening like you you can go as a specific as like what on earth do you write to them like mm-hmm. how do you make people trust you without any working relationship prior yeah. and then how do you how do you maintain like those friendships with those people that you said you're great friends with but also have like a sort of professional relationship
1: as well yeah so i mean the way that i kind of see networking it's like two different things right there's your inner circle like your personal personal friends that might be in the industry and i i have like my roommates like both gabriel and steve like they're like part of my inner circle and there's a couple more people in the inner circle and then there's the outer circle people that i don't hang out with all the time but i'm like friendly with and stuff like that and it's just it's just a matter of like kind of coming at it from the angle of like you're never trying to like take advantage of them in in their work or like try to like you know what I mean it's more of like this being like I enjoy your work I want to be friends and just just go to starting very like natural with it I think I think too often like people get super psyched out about like how am I supposed to message this person are they gonna think I'm like like weird for like messaging them and stuff like that yeah the thing Mm -hmm. is like film (laughs) kit, low-key like this is a secret right it's like not really a secret. Everyone has a everyone has like some sort of ego, so it's like if if you get a DM being like, "Yo, I love your work," you'll be like, "Oh, thanks!" Like, I, you know what I mean? And it's like, I just wanted to ask like what you did for this. Everyone likes talking about themselves to an extent as well, and so just like, I don't know. There's there's definitely a strategy for networking. I'm still trying to figure that out, but I think it it kind of sucks because I do have a lot of friends that are very introverted. And so it's hard for them to kind of like reach out and make these connections. But some of my introverted friends, they just put on an act to the point where they become comfortable with them. You know what I mean? And so it's like, you're not going to have to be extroverted and just outgoing 24 seven. You just need it for like 10 minutes and then you can turn it off. And then like another 10 minutes in there, like, it's weird because it sounds like a game, but I feel like it low key is a game, like in a way. Especially if you're, like, trying to connect with people that you don't know. Um, I think Uh it's completely different. It's a different, like, vibe and environment and atmosphere if, like, you get introduced to someone you don't know through someone that you know that you're friends with. And Mm -hmm. so um, that's definitely a lot different, like, circumstances as well. But in terms of just, like, reaching out, like, just cold DMing or cold calling, cold emailing, whatever, to someone, I think just being, like, very, like, personable and just going from the the angle of like hey like i appreciate any of your time i just want to say i really like your work i really like what you do it's kind of like where i want to be in a couple of years you're an inspiration all that kind of stuff and kind of gas them up a little bit because they'll always re- they'll always respond to something like that yeah and then i think no, like also real. like inner circle of relationships obviously is super important because that becomes your go-to work relationship, but that's also your personal relationship. And I think an important thing is just being able to separate both of that. But it's like, it's like, dude, there's this one producer, his name is Galileo that I worked with a couple of times. And he, he said it best for me, right? Like we, I was working on a bunch of like lower budget stuff. And um, there's a lot of like the money management is like a really important thing in music videos, just because how are you gonna allocate? you wanna pay the people like that's working on it fairly, but you also want to have enough to make this vision come to life. And He was like saying like one thing that he's always held on to is that like the people around you are going to like fuck with you and ride with you forever. And so it's like, if you're eating, then like everyone's eating, you know what I mean? It's like when you're on the up, like everyone's on the up and that's something that I grasped onto. And so there were times where I was like asking for favors, like, yo, can you do this for like a hundred bucks? but we're spending like 500 on like a prop or some shit. And that's when I realized I was like, dude, it's like there needs to be some sort of line where even though they're like the homie and stuff like that, it's like, there's there's this line, there's this respect. And that kind of like is that middle ground of like the personal relationship kind of bleeding too much into the work relationship. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Cause it's like, Oh, like dude, he's my roommate. He's going to do, he's going to work for free. Like, you know what I mean? It's just like, they like, I'm starting to like learn that and being more aware of that because it's like, I never want to be put in the position where I think I'm better than anyone else or like worth anyone else, especially within my inner circle. I want to, if I get opportunities, I want to bring the people that have been writing with me for the longest time and helping me out. I want to bring them up with me. You know what I mean? And so yeah. it's just like that importance of the inner friendships. And I think I'm super lucky that I have, or the inner circle, and I think I'm super lucky that I have these like lifelong friendships that no matter what goes down in the work environment, like I know at the end of the day, at least I'll have my personal like friendships and it's like no hard feelings and stuff like that. But I can, I can easily see if you're in a situation where you don't really have that, or if it's like this like gray area, like how it can be very like damaging and stuff like that. Um, But I'm just, I'm just super fortunate to have like friends and peers that you know at the end of the day they like me for me and whatever happens like in terms of like work stuff like there's no hard feelings and it's just like at the end of the day like we're homies we're best friends all that kind of stuff and that's that's what matters in the end you know and so it's just kind of like to loop back into like the bigger thing it's just like yeah just (laughs) i don't know networking is important and as much as I hate to say it, it is a game and it's mysterious and it's hard to navigate. But it's just like, you know, even if you need to put an act towards it, just like reach out, send a DM. Literally, I send DMs to people being like, yo, love your work. Like, let's link soon. Or like, would love to chat about your work and all that kind of stuff. And usually, like, it gets read. Like, dude, what I noticed as well is that, like, when I message Ty or, like, even bigger artists, like, everyone reads their DM requests. Like, I feel like a lot of people, like, think to themselves, like, oh, they have, like, this X amount of followers, they're never going to see my DM. I guarantee everyone reads their DMs. (laughs) Yep. You know, because it's something that everyone's curious in, right? It's, like, even if you have, like, a thousand DM requests, one night you're going to be just scrolling through and just reading through it because you're curious. And so, like, don't let that, like, fear of rejection or not being read and stuff like that like deter you from like actually reaching out because the worst thing that can happen is you're not gonna get a response the best thing that can happen is they're gonna check out your work like you or just like you as a person think you're cool and just like start that relationship and the connection and it's from there it's like just go for it like you have that connection just like you know do what you need to do become closer with them all that kind of stuff and just like it'll blossom into something like beneficial for, for everyone. And just, it's super cool. Cause you just make friends too.
0: Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. There's essentially nothing to lose. The worst really case isn't. scenario is yeah. exactly where you at at that point. Yeah. I, I can't like echo enough of that sentiment. Some of the best opportunities that I've ever had, or I've heard of happened the exact same way. There's, I don't know why we're always so nervous just to talk to people who are, feel the exact same way we do. Yeah. Um, as we start to wrap up the show here, I have a couple questions. I always just like to ask at the end. and I'm really, really excited to see what you have to say to these. Uh The first one you, you kind of did approach and sort of answer already. It's very much just being like, what's like the, and you can spin this a little bit too, because you did kind of hint of where you want to go and like exactly what we're trying to do. And like the work you end up want to end up doing, but like, maybe take this like question of what we're trying to manifest as like what's like what's just the immediate sort of goal? Like, especially for an industry where it's like mm-hmm. project check. Project like yeah check. And there's something so thrilling about that. How do you like what's the what's the motivation for that? What's the goal with that? And where are you where are you trying to go, I guess?
1: I think for me, and I think it's a general thing too. It's like a lot of people um just want to see progression in their work and that's their immediate goal right you never want to put out something and then in a couple months you like put out another thing and it's just it's it's like a backtrack on the work so for personally for me it's like not necessarily about like the views and stuff just because like i work with a wide range of artists right people have a following people don't my biggest thing is that the immediate immediate um goal that i have is to see some sort of progression in my work i'm learning something new on every single set and so being able to apply that onto the next one and like seeing the work grow as time goes i think that's my immediate goal um but also just be be able to like keep creating things with the people that i enjoy working with and stuff like that that's like that's like an immediate goal as well, you know, just keep working and just keep keep going at it. And I think um, if there's any like listeners right now, just like if I can give like any sort of advice, it'd be the advice that my executive producer gave me. Just be, just no matter what, just keep creating. It Doesn't matter. Post on TikTok, post on YouTube, post on Instagram. Like literally if you lose Instagram followers cause like you keep posting like random videos that you're making, like doesn't matter. You know what I mean? It's just going to be like they they don't – in the end, like they're not going to be the target audience that you want to reach and stuff like that. Just like, yeah, just keep creating stuff. You know, it's like you, you just get better with experience. And it's like you're – and I guarantee if you put in the time and the effort in your craft, there's going to be an opportunity that comes um, no matter – you know what I mean? Eventually, there's going to be an opportunity that comes and you're just going to be able to ride with it just because – you put in all the work. And so it, it's it's scary, it's intimidating, the industry and all that stuff, but it really is kind of simple, you know? It's just kind of like you get what you get in a way that's like less, and it's just so much less daunting than like Hollywood is for me personally. I think it's like, it's especially the music video industry is very gate kept in a way. Mm-hmm. Where it's like you need to know someone in it to like understand like how it's made and stuff like that. And I I hate that, dude. I hate the gatekeeping of the industry like because I was an outsider once. And so like anything that I can do to give insight, like even though I'm still super young, just got into the industry. And I'm going to I'm sure I'm going to like fuck up and learn more like as I go on the way. But like for anyone like wanting to explore these different things, because I definitely know what the feeling is to be put into a spot where it's just like, dude, it's Hollywood or bust. And like not a lot of people make it into Hollywood. Like I was so discouraged about like the stuff that I was doing. Like if there's anyone out there that like feels like that, I totally get it. And I want to just help like demystify and open the gates into like different avenues of the film industry that you can find yourself doing.
0: I think there's an almost unimaginable value to that.
1: Yeah. Because there's. Yeah.
0: You're right. It's, it's such a foreign like concept, or the only stories that we hear are like, incredible, like, overnight, like insane stories. Yeah, that that's what yeah. we think it's the standard, whereas exactly. you're like, I've been working on this. It just it's just a right place, right time. And just had that sort of proactive energy. And you're like, I'm on the right track. I think yeah. that's, I think that's awesome. And you literally already answered the last question. I know you said this is your first podcast, but you <laughs> knew exactly where I was going of like, and I'll I'll ask it you can maybe yeah, reiterate yeah. or add on do whatever you want to do but I think like one of the issues I sort of feel like when whenever we hear from like industry experts or people working in any industry truthfully mm-hmm. the the advice is almost very surface level in the sense of like yeah yeah if somebody somebody took an hour like to listen to your story like if they have another hour right now like what can they actually do like I'm not going to sit down and like think about how i'm going to follow my heart or trust my gut for an hour like that advice is great in the long run but like the huge barrier for somebody like just starting out is going what am i actually supposed to do because we don't tell these like sort of stories enough and young creators are so transparent with everything Mm -hmm. because they any any opportunity or any experience they just are like so excited to talk about which is why i love the show in general but what like can somebody do? You made you made a ton of great points like already, but like just like tie everything up with a bow for us right now.
1: Yeah, I think literally once you close out of this podcast, if you're if you're wanting to be a music video director or something similar, literally DM your hometown artist or a friend that makes music or anything like that. DM being like, "Yo, I got a camera. You make music. Let's work. Let let's let's do something together," and um. Like there, there's this, there's this um, website called We Direct Music Video. I think it's WDMV. But if you type in wedirectmusicvideos.com onto Google, it's a treatment database where directors like post their treatments. Literally taking in and absorbing all of that information is something that I wish I knew about. And that's something that a listener that might want to be doing like music videos and stuff in the future can do immediately. Literally just read a treatment. You got, you got cool videos. You got uh, Feel It Still by Portugal, The Man. Like, that video's on it. You got, like, a Denzel Curry treatment on it. You got, like, some serious music videos that are on it. And so, like, read a lot. Um, find some music video directors um, that are killing it. And, like, watch their work. Because it really is, like, a different, like, product in itself. You know what I mean? It's a lot more fun, fast, all that kind of stuff. So it really is a different End quality than like a Hollywood movie. And so, just like really absorbing all of like the short form content, I think is super important. And yeah, just go out, like literally write down an idea and just like, dude, because like this is something that I wanted to do as well. Like, I was thinking about starting this TikTok series. Like, if I go hiking with my friends, right, like really focus on one like aspect, whether it's like a water bottle that we're taking onto it or a backpack and really like creating this minute narrative around like that one object and literally throwing in the logo at the end. So I'm making like one minute spec commercials for like day-to-day things that I'm doing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. If I'm wearing air force ones out to like, to go to like a beach or something like that. um, I'll focus on like the air force ones and throw the Nike logo and be like, Oh, there's a spec commercial for Nike. You know what I mean? There's a little stuff like that. Just like have fun with it too. Like don't put too much stress on it. I know it's also difficult because it's a pandemic right now and it's just so hard to like go outside. And so I think for right now, I think consuming content, reading treatments, like researching on directors and stuff that's super important that, that anyone can do.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I, on behalf of like myself, everyone listening, thank you like so much for your transparency, for your honesty, and just for being so open and your just overall mission to sort of, like yeah, break down the barriers for to sure. the industry no, because you're right, all, like more people just creating is only gonna make every other creator better. yeah, so yeah there's, no, for there's sure. no need there's no need to lock the doors on anybody.
1: Yeah, for sure, no, I completely agree. And it's like if if anyone is listening that wants to be a musicbuilder music video director has any questions, like literally just DM me. I'll respond. like we can hop on a call, like chat on Instagram, whatever, like I'm down for whatever. I just want to help – I wish I had someone that like like, told me about this like earlier on in my career because I feel like my life could have looked a lot different in a way. Mm -hmm. Like I wish like when I was an outsider looking in, I wish there was someone that was like, hey, this is actually like what goes on in here. This is how you can get into it, all that kind of stuff. And like now that I'm in some sort of like early position to like provide some sort of guidance or transparency in the industry – Like since I wish I had that for myself, like I'm so down and so open to like talk about it. I just love talking. I love hashing it out, chopping it up with people and like young people in the industry. Like, cause they're going to be the future, you know? And it's just like, if I want the industry to thrive, like I need to like make sure that the youth, and it's funny to say that you, I'm 23. So I'm so young in the industry as well. (laughs) But it's like, yeah, dude, it's just, I'm down to like, just talk it out with whoever wants to. Yeah.
0: Amazing. I hope, I hope somebody takes you up on that. Cause I think that there's a huge value there. Well, Elliot, thank you so much again. Um, thanks so much for having me. I really, really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, dude, my pleasure. This was super fun. And uh, yeah, thanks for, thanks for hitting me up to be on this super fun.
0: Thanks again to my new friend Elliot for taking the time away from set to join us today. To keep up with his latest projects, you can follow him at I'm Elliot on Instagram. And be sure to check out his latest videos on YouTube so you can say you were a fan from the very start. Need some more groundbreaking in your life? We've got another episode for you next week. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite streaming service and follow us at Friendly Media. That's F-R-N-D-L-Y on all platforms. You can also follow me at Jacob Wittenberg. All links are in the description for you. Well, team, that is all for today. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I will see you next time for some more groundbreaking.